Welcome back to Bad Talks, guys. I don't know where you are in the world, but um, I'll take Kay's intro this time. Good morning, evening, or afternoon. afternoon. I don't know. I don't know because we have people from all over listening. All over. We have. Uh, we are some on the moon. <laughs> Probably. You know, we're all trying to get there now. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> it's a little competition to get there, just a little bit. Um, but we are really excited to have our guest tonight, Natalia Juarez. Um, she is a breakup coach, and I think this is such a perfect um, person to come on our show for lots of different reasons. She's an expert in this subject matter. Um, she has been on GMA and other notable um, news shows talking about this topic and couples who actually get back into being in a relationship. Um, recently, she talked about, I know... Um, Jeff Bezos um, and his ex getting remarried. And so we, we may touch on that a little bit. But I think during the holiday season, if you are coming out of a relationship or if your relationship um, has recently ended or you're starting to think about dating, there could be so many feelings um, that come up and emerge during this time period. So we just want to give you some tools to help you get through that um, in, a, in a healthy way. So Natalia, welcome to the show. So why don't you tell people a little bit about like why did you get started on this journey of being a breakup coach? Because it can't be easy when people are coming to you and they're really sad after <laughs> being in a relationship. Um, tell us a little bit about how you decided to go into this area. Yeah, that was never the original plan. Surprise, surprise. <laughs> <laughs> but I do actually, I... I actually have an undergrad in gender studies. I had taken that as an elective, fell in love with it, and that was in 2000. And then, but when I graduated with that, I didn't know what I was due, so I actually ended up becoming a teacher, taught for a long time in elementary schools. And the catalyst was really about 10 years ago, six months before I turned 30, I went through a big broken engagement, which was my second major breakup, huge heartbreak, and that, that was, that was what really got me to start looking at myself as a common denominator in my love life to see how I could grow from, you know, the quote unquote mistakes and trials and tribulations of my 20s, how I could grow from that so that I would not re repeat my 20s and my 30s and so that I could have a forever love because that was, that was always what I wanted. Yeah, and I think that's the thing, like people, the hard part about relationships, which is why I think people struggle with the vulnerability part, is they're like, I don't want to have to keep doing this over and over again. I want to get to a point where it just, it clicks and it works and it's right. So I think like the work you're doing is super important because I think there's a lot of things people can learn from the relationships, even when they don't work about themselves, about like interacting with other people, communicating better. Um, what do you see like as the common themes of people, you know, breaking up these days, what do you think is pulling couples apart? Because I know we just got through a pandemic, which keeps coming back a little bit. I was, just gonna, <laughs> I, was just, I was just going to say, please don't put it on COVID. <laughs> these were pre-existing, you know, issues prior, but I'd love to yes. hear what you have to say. Yes. Yes. I often see that the holes were there from the start. Mm -hmm. So finding a good, like a good, healthy match is so, so important because Otherwise, like, I know communication is definitely a major aspect, but there are some relationships that, that even with great communication, there's still a struggle. Mm -hmm. So often, like, who's that original partner that you're with? Because then 
then like the highs and lows, like for better, for worse, the worst, just it's the right kind of worse. Ooh, that's good. Um, like the, yeah, like the challenges, just they're the right kinds of problems. Like it doesn't mean your relationship will be perfect, but at least you will have the, the essential um, components to have a healthy relationship. I liked what you said, um, my, and it reminded me of what my brother uh, mentioned to me once when we were talking um, with his wife, I think of about 10 years. And of course, they've gone through their ups and downs. And he said to me one day, he said, Kay, he said, I had to tell my wife, I said, you're the one that was chosen to go through these things with me and me chosen to go through these things with you. In other words, we are the match to go through these various storms together and still come out in some way, shape, form, smiling or appearing to be as pure gold. So that match, as you just stated, when it comes to who can you go through with the worst of the worst and still come out healed, whole and wholesome to work together, that's the catch and that's the key. Yes, I love that. Yes, the chosen, like the beloveds and the chosen ones. Mm. Yes. I like something you... Yeah, I like some. I like something else you said where you talked about even with good communication, it still may not work. Mm -hmm. Because I think a lot of people think, okay, if I can communicate to this person my needs, my wants, my desires, it should click. Because that's one of the things we're always told is key to a relationship working. So tell me a little bit more about like why you feel that even with good communication, mm -hmm. there could still be other gaps that come up. Well, I can think of my ex fiance. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> we had very different core values. We had very different personalities. I'm a true extrovert. He, he's more introverted, just valued different ways to spend his energy, time, all of that. And so, whereas I'm a lot more relationship oriented. So that created a lot of, a lot of tension in our relationship. Could we have communicated through that? Sure. And compromised, but I will just tell you what I learned because now I am a product of a lot of this work having found now been with the partner that I've been with for now five years. And he is definitely my life partner. Mm. Just I often use the hashtag our love is easy. It does not mean it's perfect, but it has flow. It has ease. It's like, I just feel just, it's just, I'm just so relaxed and we get to be the best versions of ourselves. I like that. You yeah. keep coming up with these one-liners. <laughs> she you know. does. I mean, seriously. I love them. You know, <laughs> love is easy. But let me ask you, you know, you know, the old term opposites attract. What is it? What is meant by that? Because I heard what you said. You are, if I heard you correctly, you're an extrovert. He's an introvert. You kind of like this. He likes that. He doesn't like this. You do like. What? What is the misconception about opposites attract? Because you are a prime example that no, it, those opposites don't always attract. It, that wasn't even the core issue. It was really around the core values. Mm. I think if our core values were aligned and say we both were family oriented, but, but I was more of an extrovert, like wanted more, more time and maybe he wanted less time, but it's different when someone doesn't want any time. Mm. With, um, so I see that as being, do opposites attract? I think sometimes, I think it's kind of 50-50. I think both, both can work. I think it comes down a lot more to, and I'll be curious to know what you think, but in terms of attachment styles, personality, um, character, like those qualities. And I like how you specify it really is the core values because the core values are the foundation, period. And good character. And good character, yes. And if you find those values in a partner, uh, a significant other, from what I'm understanding, you, it, based on what you're saying, everything else is manageable for the most part. 
or you stand a better chance of managing those opposites. Yes, and that's the difference between dating based on that, that's attraction driven, which is often how a lot of people start out versus what I learned more based on compatibility based dating. Mm. And it can take a while for people to transition to learn how to date in a different way because maybe attraction based dating will work out for, for some people and that's wonderful. But right. for many of us, it did not goes so it's, well. it's, 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 and, yeah and it's a little short-sighted you know because yeah. attraction can waver like mm. you know people even who've been in long-term relationships will say there's times i don't really love my significant mm. other but they do and i think what they're saying is like the feelings can shift and so if you're just driving off attraction it's not always the same level so you're kind of setting yourself up for a little bit of uh, disappointment because it's a feeling well, we also have to talk about what type of attraction. Are we just talking about physical attraction? We're talking about intellectual attraction. There, there are various forms of attraction. Mm -hmm. So I just want to specify That's to the audience, point. you know, it's not just the physical. You know, what else are you attracted to? Maybe it's her spirit, his spirit, his humor, her humor, you know. Um, uh, and we already know that the physical piece, as you stated, Natalia, that is the part that initially draws us. Uh, but I used to have a saying, you know, uh, the, I, I, what would I always say? I would say, time to remove the rose petals. What I was implying was, okay, we've went through the romantic escapades and so forth. Now it's time to remove the rose petals and see the foundation as to who this person really is and how I am with this person, you know, because you can get so caught up in the attractions, you know, that when those rose petals are removed, it doesn't mean you remove the romance, but you start looking behind the scenes. Yes, attraction-based dating can often like that, that can lead to like short-term dating. But if you're looking, if you are looking for a longer-term relationship, you definitely need a different approach. I, I, I like what you dialed into, which was core values, mm -hmm. and I think that's a challenge. You know, sometimes with the way dating is, because a lot of dating is starting online. A lot of people are using dating apps, so it takes a bit of time to uncover that. And I think you have to be very intentional about knowing what your core values are. And really sticking to that and kind of digging into that. Because I, 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 you know, as I coach clients, they're very uncomfortable creating discomfort early on because they think it's going to ruin the relationship. They're kind of nervous about it because they're like, okay, I've been out here. I like this person. I don't want to scare them off. But I feel like that's really how you dig in to get that chosen one that you're talking about. Like, who's this person on the other side? And can they navigate with me? Do we, do we share similar goals, similar mindset? Um, because I do think uh, opposites do attract, but when you look at, I'm a data person too, when you look at the data on it, it's like, it shows like it's harder because the things that, you know, initially are attractive are the things that can become very frustrating. Mm -hmm. And you kind of talked about that. Like if your core value is family and you marry someone who's totally singular, like th that's just not a core value to them. That could be really tough mm -hmm. because you're, you're going to feel like you have to pull back on that core value, but it's a core value. It's core because it's important to you. And then that person, even if they're trying to adjust to that, that's not their core value. So that's what's right. going to create friction. So mm -hmm. I like what you guys are saying around the attraction, mm -hmm. but also just looking at the, the, the core value part of it as well. That's a really good call out. Mm -hmm. And I, I'm, I'm going to say something and I'm going to see if it triggers something in Natalia. She's like, bring it on. <laughs> if you Love guys can see her. <laughs> is the flower you have to let grow. Sound familiar? Love is the flower you've got to let grow. I, I can't place it, but I have heard that. That's actually on your page. 
It's probably one of your quotes. Wait, one of your quotes that you had. That's what got my attention. I was like, it's hard to keep up. Yeah, I know, because you have like, what, almost 600 posts or something like that. But do you remember now? Yes, ma'am. And, and honestly, when I read that, I was like, ooh, I like this. That was another line that, in this case, you actually posted. Well, I, I mentioned that because... That wasn't my quote. I can't remember who said it. Got you. Yes. But it was posted and it made a yes. whole lot of sense. So to the audience, if you get a chance, focus on that particular quote as I am because it is simplistic, but it is also powerful. When we look at any flowers, any flower that you're looking to cultivate, you have to make sure it has the right nutrients, the right elements, and it takes time, patience. So that's why I wanted to throw that back at you, Miss Natalia. <laughs> well, I appreciate that. <laughs> I, I, I love it all over again. <laughs> <laughs> no pun intended, right? <laughs> Um, I'm trying to think like, so I know something that's like people who have gone through breakups, they're usually kind of nervous about reentering, you know, and, and being vulnerable. I hear that a lot. Like, I don't want to be vulnerable, but vulnerable, vulnerable, I can say it. <laughs> but the thing about vulnerability is like with love is it's just a part of it. You know, you, you can't really be in love with someone without being vulnerable. So how do you walk your clients through that process of kind of reentering dating, open their, opening up their hearts again? I'm going back down that road. And if I can get a little personal, I know Elizabeth just asked the question, how did you navigate it? Mm. So I have been told that it's like, it's other like you love like you've never been hurt. Mm. And that is not, mm. that was also cultivated. Mm. I mean, it was, I was always, it was full commitment. I always knew I wanted to be in relationships. And sometimes it was looked at the, as being desperate boyfriend hopper you know like a lot of these labels are they can be a lot of shame put on you know wanting to be with someone like why can't you be you know happy on your own the truth is like some people orient more that way i definitely am very much a relationship person i love being in in primary relationships and so it really helps to understand the psychology of a breakup to know the stages because then you feel like you have the tools if things don't go if you have those those inevitable disappointments which you will so that you don't feel you feel less you feel vulnerable in a different way mm. and also more prepared that that that's a part of that's a part of the journey just feeling vulnerable feeling a sense of rejection um all of like Dating is, I call it like a, dating is a, like it's a battlefield mm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. of emotions. But so that really helped as well because breakup recovery is something that, so recently, I think Elizabeth, I had told you that recently I studied with the Grief Recovery Institute and I always had this sense that grief was a major part of heartbreak because yes, something is lost and that there, so since Studying with them, we went deeper into a lot of the myths that keep people stuck in not processing their grief. Things like, you know, like, don't be sad, you know, in this case, you know, there are a lot of people out there, you're amazing, you'll meet someone else. Um, Also, grieving in isolation, where people kind of keep it to themselves because it can make other people uncomfortable. Um, The myth also of, like, time, you know, heals all wounds. Like, and time helps to to a point, but time plus action Mm -hmm. is what will get you through Mm -hmm. it. And but just understanding, because 
as humans, we're not designed to go through these hard experiences, these losses, and to just store them. Like the human body is designed to, to feel, process, and express with ourselves, just like internally through journaling, through like some of those practices, and then with others, with friends, with professionals. But these, these, these grief experiences, these losses have to be what they call completed. I agree and, with you. It, yeah, yeah it, it's like a broken arm that's been broken and mm. you think, oh, time will just heal. You know, sure. But it, it's much better if you set the bone and tend and, and take care and be tender while you're going through that healing process. And the heart is the same way. Yeah, they, there's a, um, a, a technical term that someone coined called cognitive bypass. Mm-hmm. And it's when people don't allow themselves to feel pain. And societal-wise, societal people do. They immerse themselves in other activities to avoid that pain. And it could be shopping, it could be exercise, it could be sex, it could be um, even spirituality to extremes. It's the, the, the point is anything done to an extreme to avoid a feeling, that feeling is going to come one day like a freight train and hit you. And you're not going to be able to get you know, you're not going to be able to avoid it anymore mm-hmm. as opposed to like what you're saying is feel through it, process it and express it. That's a normal process of how we need to get things out. And when we don't, that's what keeps emerging in other relationships. So you, so as coaches, we can see the patterns a lot of times when people are telling us things that they've experienced uh, when they don't learn to let go um, yes. of that, that people pain. People just want to distract themselves. Yeah, it's really interesting. Be, because then they think, well, what do I do with, with these big emotions? So yes, I mean, some people will bypass them altogether. A lot of people with an avoidant attachment style, especially. Yeah, or they'll hop, you know, sometimes. Like we, like the, and I like that you put yourself out there like, look, because I think we've all been there where we're like, okay, I'm just going to go to this so I don't have to really feel this. Mm-hmm. But then you get in the next thing and you're still mm-hmm. feeling it on top of adding it something mm-hmm. new or a new layer to that mm-hmm. feeling. So you really never like get through it. And you're like, why am I in this pattern? And I like what you called out. We're the common denominator. You know, like there's a, a, a quote I always say, and I think we talked about it when we did our IG live, you're 50% of the problem and 100% of the solution. Mm-hmm. So you always are empowered to change yourself and how you react and how you interact, which I think is what creates that shift, you know, in your relationships. But it's personal. You have to like actually take ownership and accountability with it as well. And I think that part's hard for people because, you know, we know those people we talk to and they're like, it's always the other person. Mm-hmm. And you're kind of like, but okay, now it's been six people and <laughs> you could have had a bed mm-hmm. run. I get that. But there's something also that probably is a pattern that mm-hmm. keeps coming up in your relationship. So I was curious, how do you talk your, 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 your clients through that? Like when you recognize that maybe they actually do have some challenges they're not willing to admit, how do you kind of walk them through that process? I'm getting there as a coach as coaches i'm sure you guys come up against this all the time that whole concept of people being coachable mm-hmm. and how you can tell so early on when someone comes in and they're looking really they're looking for you to fix it mm-hmm. <laughs> right it's right. the other people mm-hmm. um but <laughs> i suppose when people come in and there's a bit more humility there and then because of that there there's that um the, there's that openness to feedback where then it's, it's not personal. We can, we, can, we can really dive into someone's relationship history, look at the patterns, mm-hmm. and, and it's less personal. Mm-hmm. And it's really just that feedback is just there so that we, we now have a starting place to build, to build from. But I, I would say that's kind of the hardest. That's the hardest part is working with people who, um, when I can tell right away, it could be people who are closed or maybe really alpha 
Um, I, I sometimes have found challenging. Sometimes I'll refer them to other people because sometimes it also needs to be as a coach. It has to be a good personality fit, mm-hmm. um, as well for there to be that uh, that openness and that respect. Yeah, because because honestly, like I don't know if you feel this way. I feel like you got, they have to have some vulnerability with us, and sometimes breaking through to that vulnerability takes time and mm-hmm. trust. Because they when people don't trust, it's not just like the opposite sex. It's kind of like everything gets jaded a little bit for some people in their mind just around everything so even me as a coach i've had people kind of lie and it always comes out and some of it you sense but you just like have to kind of let people go through that process but i think the rewarding part is when you can see that healed person Uh oh sorry about that (laughs) yeah it's when you can see that healed person i'm gonna do one thing quickly here yes when you can see that healed person go through it you know what, um, when people get to that next step, though, when do you kind of know that they are ready? What are the signs you kind of tell them to look for? What, ready to re-enter? Ready to re-enter, re-enter. ready to uh, date again. Because let's be real here. I'm, I'm, I'm very curious, and I'm speaking from the audience or from an audience perspective. When I see breakup coach, the first thought is, oh, she can give me some dynamic, unique <laughs> ways on how I can sever this relationship, you know? But in actuality, it appears to be the opposite of that. The opposite? Oh, just that I can help people to break up? Correct. Yes, I I was saying that, you know, from an audience perspective, if I saw that label, that title, the breakup coach, I'm probably thinking, oh, she's going to give me some unique ways. Yeah, I know what you're saying. Like, Mm -hmm. it's a plug and play. Like, if I come to you, just like you said before, you can kind of fix me or you can kind of fix my situation. I think there's some of that out there because there are people out there, you know, we talked about this too. There's these people that are like, oh, I got my ex back by getting putting this spell on them and all this. So people sometimes on the heels of a breakup, that's extreme, but sometimes are looking for extreme solutions. So maybe it's you interjecting and giving them some, you know, words of advice yeah. or, or a way to talk through something. But how do you kind of like really get them to understand that they're ready? to re-enter the dating part of it. In addition to the result that they're looking for, the objectives, there's also a lot to be gained from them going through the process themselves. Could I, you know, interject, could I make it easier for them? Like, but I'm not the implementer. Like I've had people like, I'm not going to email your partner and break up with them for you. I haven't asked that before, which is bizarre. Wow. That's well. There is so much to be gained through going through that process. And because considering that breakups are a part of life, it is incredible that I often call it the shadow side of love, that I'm very comfortable talking about the things that people are uncomfortable talking about. And yet it it is rampant in our society that people are struggling with a lot of these issues. Now, I choose to to focus mainly on breakups. And although I love to help people get past breakups once they've happened and we have a clear direction forward, there are so many people who, um, on the other side of that, are trying to decide, going through that evaluation process of like, do I stay or do I go, which is incredibly painful. So I help people through that. And if they, if it's determined that they do need to break up, then we put together a breakup plan of like how to do it properly. That's good. A great blog coming out on that soon. Yes, because people just don't know how to do it properly. People like, need that, that, Natalia. Not to like not to cut you off, but I feel like if we were more mature about the way we entered and exited our relationships, I know it's not always possible because maturity may be lacking 
on one side of the relationship. But if we could take a more mature approach, there'd be less people hurt and traumatized, taking that hurt and trauma to other relationships. So I like that you come up with a breakup plan. I think that's good. We make it wrong that people are breaking up and yet it's a part of life. It, it, it's a natural part to be to be broken up with, to break up with people. These are skills people really need to need to have. And it's just, it's incredible that so many of us are trying to reinvent the wheel in the midst of, of this emotional turmoil. Yes, I like that a lot. And you said the shadow side of love. So when you say the shadow side of love, tell me more. Is that more you dealing with just these difficult areas that people don't like to kind of go into as it relates to relationships? Is that what you're referencing? that people love to talk about people love to talk about you know dating being in love weddings all of that like the breakups breaking up with someone like it's almost as if people would think like i'm i'm like i have like the cruelest job in the world that i'm helping people (laughs) to break up with people but actually it can be the most loving thing that someone can do when someone comes to me and say for example if someone man comes to me and says oh like i kind of want to break with my girlfriend but oh like you know she'll be devastated and all of this, I'm like, listen, if my boyfriend wanted to break up with me and he was not wanting to break up with me because he didn't think I could handle it, like that would make it even worse. Mm-hmm. And that's really insulting as well and, and hurtful because now you're eating into my time. Let me deal with it. Break up with me in the best, in the most best way that you can mm-hmm. way possible. And then I will deal. And I, you know, you say the shadow side of love, I say a new beginnings, like, because in a way, sometimes some breakups can create like changes in people's lives that they never would have thought they would have. Like sometimes people are sitting static in a relationship that they need to like, they know they need to move out of it and they just don't have the courage or the faith or they can't see beyond what's in front of them and they don't realize they're limiting themselves and you're actually giving them a gift, a key, (laughs) a key back to self-discovery of themselves and a key to like figuring out who could really be better aligned with them. So I think it's like, actually you're doing a service for a lot of people because you're right. If someone's sitting in a relationship with someone and say the extreme is there's infidelity because they're just not happy, you'd rather know most of the time so you can like move on versus staying stuck in that relationship. Mm -hmm. I know some people will disagree, but I think the majority of people would be like, if you're that unhappy, we need to like figure this out, even though it's going to hurt. So you're actually freeing up people's uh, mind space and their time and their effort and putting it, redirected in it to a better place. So I think that's great work to be doing. Yeah. And I actually like that, you know, what you said, you don't want anyone eating or biting into your time because they're afraid that it's going to damage you if they break up with you. That, in a sense, I guess I never looked at it from that perspective. That's kind of selfish because you think that you're being sensitive and caring. But in actuality, as you stated, you really, to a certain extent, you are. But on the flip side, again, you're taking someone else's time and making it your own until you feel it's ready. And you have to let that person, as you stated, cope with the hurt, the pain of you being forthright, forthcoming and breaking up with them. That was pretty good. capable of their own emotions and they, they will recover we cannot be responsible for other people's emotions and and responses we can only do our part so i think some of this work is also empowering people with like these are these are best practices and then whatever the fallout is it can all be handled one step at a time and you're teaching people how to have difficult conversations which when you get in a relationship even with the right person you're going to have to navigate difficult conversations. So if you could start people 
down that track of thinking how to be more thoughtful, more intentional, more respectful, you're actually setting them up for relationship success. They can't see it in that moment. But like sitting on the other side of what you do, you know, and we do similar work in some ways, but I know people who are resentful because people have taken that time and space when that person thought it was going one way and it went a totally different way. And that is the most devastating because you time is a commodity you can't really get back, just like you said. So I, I think helping people own up to it and just be real with the other person, it, it does hurt because sometimes they still have feelings for them, but it but they kind of know where they those feelings lie, you know, and they know they really aren't giving that person mm-hmm. a lot of times what they need. So I think you're you're doing I mean, I think that's really important work to teach people. Is there anything else you want people to know about you? <laughs> She's like, so much. <laughs> oh, wow. Well, where do we start? Well, so no, I would, what I would want people to know is that there is, there's true psychology behind heartbreak and all that, and that there, there are roadmaps. There, there's not just one right way to go through heartbreak. And sometimes you have to learn uh, a lot of lessons. Because, you know, like I had, I had a call with a 15 year old yesterday and her oh. mom had set up the call. It was one of the youngest calls I've, I've done. And it was really interesting because I thought, here I am, I'm giving you, you know, all the information I wish I'd had when I was your age. And yet there was just a part of her where I thought, you'll maybe take 10% of this. But the other part is that you you need to live it and you need to learn some of your own lessons. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's impactful because you're right. She won't understand all components of it, but mm-hmm. this is, you're, you're almost roadmapping her a different way to think about it. Even though right yeah. now it's very emotional based, I'm guessing, you know, her, her, her sadness over the breakup. You know, there's a saying that one plants, one waters, and then one helps to make it grow. Mm-hmm. So you may have planted that seed and as she matures and gets older, um, then of course there'll be someone else or, a, un, you know, experiences that will help to water nurture it and then the ultimate would be how life will create a growth off of everything that took place based on what you planted in this 15 year old so um that's 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 pretty good and i don't know if i would have wanted that type of advice at 15 i don't know i wouldn't have known how to handle it but uh you know she doesn't want me why I love it. I, you know, one more question I have is the holidays are coming. So someone who has recently gone through a breakup is so hard. If you're coming to an event and people, maybe you were with someone, maybe married to them or in a long-term relationship and your family's like, Hey, you know, someone's going to bring it up. Where's your friend? Or, you know, Oh, when are you going to, when are you going to settle down? Or people are getting that pressure. Like what advice are you giving your clients right now? around? Now they do have renter friends. You guys do know that. (laughs) I'm renting K for my. You, you can rent a friend. No, <laughs> You're gonna have people looking. They're like googling rent a friend. Rent a friend. <laughs> well, you'll appreciate this. Even though I'm Canadian, most of my clients are American. Um, we're entering breakup season. 
So come American Thanksgiving, the two weeks before Christmas, it is, there is a, there are huge I've heard that. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. And luckily for your audience, I've got them covered. I have the ultimate guide to recovering from a holiday breakup. I wrote it a couple of years ago. There are about 10 or 12 great tips. And one of them, for example, is how do you handle those awkward conversations? So there's even word tracking of how do you, you kind of absorb that, that question and you just redirect and move on. Mm -hmm. But it's really great for people to be prepared for what they can expect. And yeah. you just know that the holidays just accentuate feelings and all that. So sometimes you just know, you just have to mentally prepare. It's going to be a hard holiday season. And we all have blue, blue Christmases, blue holidays. Um, so luckily, there, there's a lot that people can do to kind of to. Yeah. Yeah, and you, you go through that time. And you talked about the grief recovery. So I know there's also a lot of people too who have lost people during the pandemic, mm -hmm. um, who you know may have lost people around this time of year, around the holidays. So it conjures up a lot of feelings. So I think mm -hmm. you gave good advice around how they might be feeling too. Just allow yourself to feel, mm -hmm. process, and react because you those feelings are valid. Um, and you still might be processing some of the th those things because there might be some aunts, uncles, you know, grandparents, moms, dads missing, the, and that's tough too. Mm -hmm. So the, the heartbreak they're feeling is in a different way, but love is love, right? Mm -hmm. um, so I think, thank you for these tools and people definitely should go check out, where would they go get your um, breakup guide? I think people can connect with me at The Breakup Coach on Instagram. There's, there's a link to my website. We'll definitely have that uh, pinned in one of the resources in the bio. Okay. Holidays. Awesome, awesome. Is there anything else you wanted to ask Natalia? Get hey some guys, more wisdom? Yes, if you ever want <laughs> to get into the game, you have to get on the court. Oh, okay. Good job, Natalia. You know he coaches basketball, so as soon as you said court, he's like, oh, what did hey, you But do? she said it, Natalia said, she said, Kate, you're going to like this one. She did, she did. And liked it, I did. <laughs> awesome. So we so appreciate you coming on and giving us some time tonight and talking about breakups. Um, again, tell people where they can check you out on Instagram again and your website as well. Yes, at the breakup coach and lovistics.com. All right. It was so great to have you on the show. You guys, if you want awesome. to stream the show, you can listen to us on the Anchor app, uh, Google Podcasts, Spotify, iTunes, and many other platforms. Um, we really appreciate Natalia being our guest tonight. And we're going to sign off for now. Until next time, XOXO. Recording stopped.